0: But every now and then you see some data and you're like, that's, that is interesting and at least worthy of a conversation. And I'll leave it to others to decide whether or not they believe it. But there's some data worth sharing. It was Gallup that put out some data that was worth sharing. A very interesting piece of information that if you were to take a look at 2021 first quarter, so January, February, March of 2021, the year just passed, If you were to take a look at that and take a look at party identification, you would have seen that 49% of Americans were Democrats or lean Democrat, and 40% of Americans were Republican or lean Republican. One year later, at the end of 2021, end of the fourth quarter, 47% of Americans lean Republican or say they're Republican, 42% lean Democrat or say they're Democrat. That is a 14-point swing. I mean, that's the way I look at it, but you could look at it differently. Republicans were down by nine, and now they're up by five. People view themselves, see themselves as aligning with the Republican Party. Now, the reason I bring this up is not that you believe the number, but you can clearly see that the Democratic Party isn't doing well. Just like I had this conversation with Kurt Schlichter, and if you missed it, I'll share it with you later. The Democratic Party is flailing internally and, of course, with the American people because people are not happy with what it is they're seeing regarding COVID, regarding the economy, regarding a whole host of things. Well, I know that to be true. You know that to be true. Then we see this Gallup poll and you're like, huh, they change their identification or they change where they feel they, they can get the best bang for their buck in their vote. Is this true? Well, we know certain things are true about the economy. Then came this poll from Rasmussen and the Heartland Institute Jim lakely, Vice President and Director of Communications of the Heartland Institute, joins us right now uh Jim, you guys are are usually focused on environmental issues and really just having a a more complete conversation than the global warming crowd wants to have, rather a full look at data and what it really means as opposed to relying on this old trope of 97% of scientists agree, well, is anybody actually taking a look at what they agree on? That's always where I view you, the, the things that you do, the climate change round table and everything else. But you've been getting into some polling lately, Jim, and the polling that you guys did here is some of the most frightening stuff I have witnessed ever, except it goes along with conversations that we've had. Talk to me about the poll that you put into the field and the number of people who participated in it.
1: Sure. Uh, we worked with uh, Rasmussen with our uh, Heartland as a News Center on Socialism Research, uh, which I think is a growing industry these days, unfortunately. And we worked with our, our friends at Rasmussen, and they surveyed 1,016 likely voters on January 5th And uh, they asked, we we were like you, Tony, we were, we have conversations with our friends and, you know, we have Democrats in our lives who love us, even if we're not part of the Democratic Party. And we hear on the street that, you know, there seems to be, there there seems to be an ideological and party-affiliated divide among those who, well, frankly, are kind of into the COVID panic porn and those who have a more um, calm (laughs) reaction to the COVID pandemic. And the polls, uh, the the polling that we did with Rasmussen bore that out, and it was actually quite shocking and uh, and surprising. One of the, so as you might imagine, seventy-eight percent of Democrats supported Biden's vaccine mandate for businesses. Now the Supreme Court uh, threw that out, except for healthcare workers. Right. So those Democrats were not very happy last week.
0: Now that's the one that 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 we knew. We knew that Democrats did indeed support this. But before we go on, I want to make sure everybody understands, because you know me, I go over these numbers. They had a thousand sixteen likely voters right that's who was in this poll a thousand sixteen likely voters on impressions of president president biden biden versus former president trump that was the that was the overarching theory or overarching topic of the poll correct
1: well that we we asked a lot of things during the poll we, we asked about covid we asked about what they think of trump versus biden and in fact trump uh, if they were to have the election today trump would beat him by five points according to this poll. But the second part of our polling, you know, another part of the polling was about, you know, what what people think of covid restrictions, right? And so, you know, we And I just want that- I just
0: want to make sure everybody understood where this poll was coming from, how it got put together. You take a look at um uh, men and women, it was 48% men, 52% uh, women. It was uh, 45% 40 to 64-year-olds. 33% of the people were 18 to 39, and the rest were over uh, 65. It was 67% white, 13% black, 13% Hispanic. You got kind of a good cross-section uh, of America there in terms of how it the, the demographics lay out. And the interesting one 33% Republican, 35% Democrat. We're talking about people who said what they were and 32% other. So I want right. to set the stage on just how um over, you know, overwhelmingly spread out and well spread out this poll was. And now I want to get into what is the insanity here where you guys start asking questions about COVID and specifically well it goes down this crazy draconian road from there jim jim Lakely of the heartland institute i i give it to you
1: great thank you and this is done by Russ mucin who you know every, all of your listeners know is a very well-respected and professional polling out, outfit and that's why the demographics worked out as they did because that's what they seek out to make sure it's uh, it's an accurate counting of america so so we asked several questions about about covid uh, 19 restrictions right and um we one of the questions we had, we already went over the, um, the vaccine um, mandate by Biden. We also asked, would you strongly favor, somewhat favor or somewhat oppose or strongly oppose a proposal for federal and state governments to fine Americans who choose not to get the COVID-19 ni- uh, vaccine? So, in other words, you know, should you be fined or um, or even, you know, restricted in your movement imprisoned? Forty eight percent of Democrats said the government should fine you if um, if you didn't get the jab. And uh, then we, we also asked about um, what about people who publicly question the efficacy of the COVID vaccines? Now, I guess this would include, you know, just about everybody in America now, because as we're seeing the, the Omicron variant, the, all the vaccines seem to have very little effect on the Omicron variant as far as it's spreading. And, you know, if, even if you have the, the jab and you have the booster and all that stuff, you can still and many people are still getting Omicron. 48 percent of Democrats in this poll that the government should fine you or imprison you if you publicly question the efficacy of the COVID vaccine. Almost half of all Democrats think this. That is crazy. <laughs> and, you know, you, you may think that some of your Democrat friends, um, you know, don't believe this, and maybe half of them don't, but half of them seem that they do believe it. And that's crazy. And then another 47% of Democrats support the idea of government tracking the unvaccinated to ensure that they are quarantined or socially distant.
0: Now, let's so, for a second take yeah. a breath because I want to go back over just a couple of what these things mean. Talking to Jim Lakely, vice president at the Heartland Institute. You can learn more about them at heartland.org. We're talking about asking people in a poll do you favor, somewhat favor, or somewhat oppose, or strongly oppose a proposal for federal or state governments to fine Americans? who chose not to get a COVID-19 vaccine. And right. in that, you saw a, a fair amount of people say, yeah, I would find them. But it's then you guys the take Democrat, it a step so. further. Was the mm-hmm. step further about uh, incarceration, if you yeah. will, about lockdowns, forcing people to remain in their homes, right, house arrest, Were, did you mean to be, to engage something that draconian? Or, or was it, hey, let's see how far these people will go when given the option.
1: I think what we did is we looked at countries like Australia and uh, Austria and, and now France, I guess, you know, and, and those countries are confining people that are not vaccinated into their homes. And so we asked, and 59 uh, percent of Democrats support forcing uh, the government, forcing Americans to remain confined in their homes if they refuse the COVID vaccine. So that's a very strong majority of Democrats who think if you don't have the vaccine, you don't have a right to be out in society and that you're a danger to everyone, and you need to stay at home. And the government needs to force you to stay at home.
0: Now, from I mean, there, <laughs> not- I, I want to laugh, but I want to cry, you know? Right. There's a reason I wanted everybody to know where this data came from and, and how it spread out, because at that moment, you're like, this is this is remarkable. And And where this came from, in terms of the people who most favored these things, was the Democratic Party. So let me give you, um, you know, as as with all things, would you favor uh, or oppose a proposal to limit the spread of COVID by having federal, state, or state governments require that citizens remain confined? When you take a look at this, uh, 9% of Republicans strongly favored, 35% of Democrats strongly favored, 8% of Republicans somewhat favored, 24% uh, uh, of Democrats somewhat favored, and then when you take a look at strongly opposed, 72% of Republicans strongly oppose. Only 17% of Democrats strongly oppose. When you break it down, it's always amazing when you can find a Republican who's in favor of that. But it is very clear that Democrats are very cool with this,
1: and Republicans think this is criminally insane. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's remarkable. And I think it's it, – it, it, again, th- these, are, these are likely voters. These are ordinary Democrats. And what I think this shows is that you know when you think about the radical Democratic Party today, you think of their new leadership, right? AOC, Bernie Sanders, the whole squad. But it seems that that leadership that is very would be the, these numbers might even be higher if you were to go to the hard left on these things. It's probably more much higher uh, majorities in that regard. But it seems that the radical left leadership of the Democratic Party in Congress and elsewhere has radicalized the entire voting base. And maybe that's uh, uh, alluding to what you had mentioned there in the beginning, there, Tony, that so many people are, are seem to be, or uh, you know, the Democrats are losing people, right? People are, are identifying more as independents or Republicans instead of Democrats. Maybe this poll that we did with Rasmussen is is a reason why that's happening, because they see their party being completely radicalized. And where and it just, is, where it shows, but, but
0: took, yep, where it shows is the next one. Go through the next one. So we just did people being confined in their homes. But then you guys took it a step further. Yeah.
1: Well, we we actually asked this question. This was the last one. And and, uh, the reason Tony knows these these numbers backwards and forwards is because we share all the crosstabs and all of the data at heartland.org. You can find it right on our front page if you click on the COVID poll. We asked, would you strongly favor, somewhat favor, somewhat oppose, or strongly oppose a proposal to temporarily remove parents' custody – of their children if those parents refuse to take the COVID-19 vaccine. And (laughs) more than one quarter of Democrats, 29%, said that parents should lose custody of their kids if they refuse the COVID-19 vaccine.
0: Now let me break it down a little bit further. If you said put that question to Republicans, 7% strongly or somewhat favored. For the Democrats, you have 29% that strongly or somewhat favored it. Now on the other side, somewhat or strongly opposed, you had 90% of Republicans and you had 68% of Democrats. So it really does break down that you've got nearly a third mm-hmm. of the Democratic Party that would be – and that that's – you immediately get well outside the idea of some fringe element here. That's a little right. bit of mainstreamed. A third nearly of Democrats – who would say to you, you're not going to get vaccinated, you can't have your children anymore. Has anybody responded to you from the Democratic Party on that bit of data?
1: No, I think they're probably ignoring this poll because it certainly, it certainly doesn't seem uh, reflecting well on, on you know, their idea of, of, of being, frankly, American, having American ideals. The idea of taking your kids away because you will not take um, a vaccine that we're seeing now with Omicron – it has very little efficacy against that particular strain eh, you just take your kids away this is this is a totalitarian mindset not a democratic or any kind of uh, mindset that has anything to do with the history of america and what we consider to be american ideals and so yeah i would think they'd be running from this poll as far as they can but you know again this is what their own voters say and this is again i think they've been indoctrinated they've been they've been scared our media has been scaring this, trying to scare this country to, to death to take freedom away. And these people are so scared of a virus of which 99 percent of people survive, which has virtually no danger to children. And they have a third of Democrats believing that you should have your kids take away because they are scared. Of, you know, I, I almost swore. But there they're you go. To death about this, about this virus, unjustifiably uh, so. And, and, and it, it's not about you know it's not even really about covid it's about a totalitarian streak in what it, in the rise of the left in the democratic party
0: it is it is hard to deny the, those numbers are absolutely frightening and worthy of study jim lakeley is his name at the heartland institute heartland a dot org, uh, Jim, I, I appreciate you. I hope you know that uh, by now. It's been a, it's been a good, uh, long time that we've been having uh, these conversations. Heartland Institute to discover, develop, and promote free market solutions to social and economic problems. Heartland.org. I appreciate you, Jim. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. Political ads have changed greatly. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. This comes out of Louisiana. It's a 37 second ad. Oh, my. Every 37 seconds, someone is arrested for possession of marijuana. Since 2010, state and local police have arrested an estimated 7.3 million Americans for violating marijuana laws, over half of all drug arrests. Black people are four times more likely to be arrested for marijuana laws than white people. States waste $3.7 billion enforcing marijuana laws every year. Most of the people police are arresting aren't dealers, but rather people with small amounts of pot. Just like me. I'm Gary Chambers, and I'm running for the U.S. Senate, and I approve this message. It's this guy, Gary Chambers, sitting like he's outdoors, kind of like in a field, in a leather chair, smoking a J. He's sitting there. The ad is him smoking a joint. One, two. ads have changed i want to know if he's running as a democrat or as a republican that no is, is that not the right question it sounds to me like that's the right question because it's hard to tell anymore that ad is going to get people's attention That is going to get a lot of attention indeed. I think he's a Democrat. (laughs) I'm Tony Katz. There's nothing like the Wayback Machine. That's when you go way back in history to remember what people said before you realize what they're saying now is completely different from what they said before. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Let me hear from you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. That's the number. This is Joe Biden when he was just a senator talking about the filibuster.
1: Isn't what really is going on here? The majority doesn't want to hear what others have to say, even if it's the truth. Senator Moynihan, my good friend who I served with for years, said, You're entitled to your own opinion, but not your own facts. The nuclear op- option abandons America's sense of fair play. It's the one thing this country stands for, not filling the player and in field on the side inside of those who control. And own the field. I say to my friends on the Republican side, you may own the field right now. But you won't own it forever. And I pray God when the Democrats take back control, we don't make the kind of naked power grab you are doing. But I'm afraid you will teach my new colleagues the wrong lesson.
0: Nah, it's not the new colleagues. It's you. You're the one doing the power grab. We see you. We're right here. We see you. We know who you are. It's amazing. It is amazing that, was it 2005 this was? It was a power grab. And now, if you don't get rid of the filibuster, you're a racist. That's, That's a a stunning change of events dear people really and truly shocking i don't know if it's as shocking as paul begala of cnn former clintonista letting you know that if you if uh, you know if you have an issue with the democrats maybe you a democrat is the problem like infrastructure what we want to see is that same power and passion being put behind voting rights do you think that's fair criticism? Did President Biden put more effort into getting infrastructure passed, for example?
1: Well, he he got infrastructure passed, and that's a good thing, because success can, can breed success. He is putting the full force of the presidency behind it. I think the problem for the Democrats right now is, is not that they have bad leaders. They have bad followers. Okay, I read the most amazing essay today.
0: I don't need to hear about your essays. They have bad followers.
1: They had bad followers
0: followers so the problem is is just like mansion and cinema right they're not doing what they're told by their betters and therefore they're bad people it's a stunning stunning piece of 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 commentary there if you head over uh, to to uh, my Facebook page uh, Tony Catch radio or you you're you're following me on rumble uh, you'll I do a, a morning video series and I talk specifically uh, about this. You you should check that out. It's it share that. I'm I'm I think I've got a solid uh, breakdown of it. What a thing to say. What a disconnect from reality that is. Instead of looking to to voters, instead of trying to engage with them, blaming them for not doing what you have told them to do. That's something else. But of course, the big story has been this minority owner of the Golden State Warriors, who also has his hands in a, in a bunch of things. He's the founder and CEO of something called Social Capital, he's a billionaire. He's a billionaire. And he himself, an immigrant, America's awesome. I tell you, it is awesome. I am only sorry I'm not a billionaire. But uh, in my defense, I'm not done yet. He is the one who was on the podcast with Jason Kalkanis and gave his take on Uyghur Muslims. Nobody cares, about, again, no, it's no, let's
1: nobody cares about what's happening to the Uyghurs, okay? You you bring it up because you really what? care, and I think what that's nice that you cares? care. The rest of us don't care. I'm just well, telling you, really you a care? very hard— Wait, I'm you're saying you personally very, don't care? I'm telling you a very hard, ugly truth, okay? Of all the things that I care about, yes, it is below my line, okay? Oh, of all the things that I care about, it is below my line. Disappointing.
0: We're talking about those members of the Uyghur Muslim community in China who are sent to prison camps, who are sent to labor camps where their families are left with Chinese nationals, and that is, of course, state-sponsored rape. This is happening in the Xinjiang province is what it's called, X-I-N-J-I-A-N-G. This is where Tesla just put a new showroom, pretty despicable. Oh, but don't worry, Uh, he's now buying his graphite from Mozambique, Instead of China. That'll show them. Do you know how much investment China is doing into Africa and African nations? Buying from a mine in Mozambique and having it processed here in the U.S. still doesn't mean it doesn't get back to China's coffers, depending on the investments they've made. Elon's trying to play a little too cute. But this owner... It's a difficult last name uh, for for me to pronounce. Uh, at Chamath on Twitter. C-H-A-M-A-T-H. He said this in this podcast. And he's taken heat. And rightfully so. Today he came out with a non-apology. He said, In re-listening to this week's podcast, I recognize that I come across as lacking empathy. I acknowledge that entirely. As a refugee... My family fled a country with its own set of human rights issues, so this is something that is very much a part of my lived experience. To be clear, my belief is that human rights matter, whether in China, the United States, or elsewhere, full stop. Now, you have to understand that in the interview, he also made the claim that he doesn't think China is a dictatorship, which is uh, truly laughable and wholly dangerous. I do not believe that he owed anybody an apology. He said what he said. He believes what he believes. And people who will still make money from him and off of him don't care in the slightest. The question before us is what will the NBA do? That is the only question that exists. I do not require Chamath, to apologize to me or anybody else, I'm not asking for one. I don't have the right to ask for one. He said what he said, and he said what he said, possibly because he understands that the NBA fan doesn't care about Uyghur Muslims either. Therefore, he doesn't care. He only cares about what is going to keep him from the dollar. I think that he is more than entitled to follow that line of thinking. Maybe that's exactly what has made him a billionaire today. A relentlessness. Very, very possible. I don't put anything to him. I put it to the National Basketball Association and Adam Silver. Because they have to answer questions for us. And the question is, will you allow him to still own a team? It is the NBA that told us that nothing was more important than being wokeity-woke-woke-woke. There is nothing more important, nothing more valuable. It is everything. So I stated that if the NBA doesn't remove Chamath from ownership, then everything they've ever said about social issues is a lie. And I also posted uh, about, uh, you know, being in Indianapolis, the Indiana Pacers should not be silent. No NBA team should be. Neither should Apple or or Nike or Tesla. Do you believe, like the minority owner of the Golden State Warriors, that the plight of the Uyghur Muslims is not important? Just tell us. Tell us what you think. Let us know right now. People can then make decisions. We had not questioned you on this, although we certainly questioned the NBA uh, being unwilling to hold up uh, any respect for Hong Kongers so they can make a dollar when you've got LeBron James saying that Daryl Morey, the uh, former general manager of the Houston Rockets, uh, lacks intellect. He's not educated on the subject of the Hong Kongers. This was covering for China so you can make a couple of bucks, we saw you. And then some of us made decisions about the NBA. But this one's different. The NBA has stated that there is nothing more important, and when I say they've stated through their actions, and, 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 and maybe not exact words, that we have to respect minorities. That we have to pull up those people who are pushed down, We have to accept the fact that there are the oppressed and oppressors. They have done this in every single facet of their existence over the last couple years. Further, the NBA does not appreciate or approve of anyone engaged in in bigoted or hateful talk this brings us to donald sterling do you remember donald sterling he was the owner of the los angeles clippers and he was recorded by his girlfriend girlfriend. Donald Sterling at the time was 150 years old, and the girlfriend was a super hot 20-something. She might have been 30. You know, he likes older women. He's worth $2 billion, and that's the way it went. Life doesn't change, people. And he was recorded by her saying things that bothers me a lot that you're associating Uh, it bothers me a lot that you want to broadcast that you're associating with black people. Now, you ask me what I think of the commentary. Dude, I don't know what your issue is. There's certainly a lot of black people on your team. I don't know what the conversation is, the story is. I don't know why you're saying it. The whole thing is pretty odd. He had the team taken from him. They took the team away. He was banned for life by the NBA for saying, I don't want you associating with black people. Again, something I think is pretty strange, and I've never said. The minority owner of the Golden State Warriors said of a whole people, I don't give a damn if they get tortured and killed. With all due respect, allow me to ask a question. Are we ranking these things? The NBA wants to tell me how woke they are. The NBA wants to tell me and the players want to tell me how how focused they are on, on being good and decent. You're telling me that LeBron will actually play in a league where ownership says... Of the Muslim world? Yeah, I don't give a damn about them. Well, that's... That's something. That is certainly a take. LeBron James wrote on Twitter when uh, Donald Sterling was removed. Commissioner Silver... Thank you for protecting our beautiful and powerful league. Great leader. By the way, doesn't that that tweet sound exactly like Trump? (laughs) Thank you for protecting our beautiful and powerful league. Great leader. That sounds exactly like something Trump would say. I am curious, very curious... why it is that he should be allowed to still own a team after comments like this. And I am questioning out loud why teams are silent. How can you be silent on something like this? When you lecture to us about so many other things. It's weird where you have a line And it's very strange that you would be bothered by my noting where you have a line. After all, I didn't ask for it. I just wanted to go to a game. And I never said shut up and play basketball. You could say anything you want. But sometimes when you say things, people might go, hey, wait a second. And when you've got an owner, minority owner, meaning he owns a small portion, not that he's a minority saying uh, the, the, the plight of Uyghur Muslims who are getting tortured and murdered and forced into labor camps doesn't reach my level of care, you might have people say, hey, wait a second. And the NBA is going to stay silent on this. And people are still going to go to games. And I think that's what Chamath is betting on, that he knows the fan base better than you and me. By the way, he also said that the Chinese communists are not dictators and got into a conversation that the United States is no better uh, than, uh, than, than, than China. I mean, even in his uh, apology, human rights matter whether in China, in the United States, or elsewhere. As if somehow the United States and China are, are on the same playing field, which of course they're not. So it wasn't an apology. He just didn't know how to stop digging holes. Your move, NBA. I'm Tony Katz. If you miss anything, it's all there at TonyKatz.com. T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z. That's, that's, that's my name. How you doing? TonyKatz.com. That's where you go. By the way, you know, I brought up Joe Biden before talking about the filibuster. So we're clear, Democrats are nonstop. They're straight until morning. They're doing this. Schumer tells Democrats reluctant to nuke the filibuster we are all going to go on the record because now it's about local elections well we tried to do it but mansion and cinema you know what they did so now they got to go on the record to say they were willing to do it so they know they're going to lose but now they're playing to their base and now they'll be on the record which gets used against them this is gonna be fun keep it here this is tony katz today